Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. Don't forget in this episode, I might swear, Lucy might cry, and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of the Label Podcast. It's a very special episode today, not least of all because we're recording very early on a Saturday and I don't know what weighs up, uh, but we are also <laughs> recapping our month-long Pride season for June 2022. Um so we thought, because it was the end of our Pride season, uh, we would get, we're not struggling for guests, ladies and gentlemen, we've just reached 5,000 downloads, uh, but we thought we'd get our editor on to discuss what we all learnt as a team here at Labour Podcast. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce our editor, Adam. Hi, Adam. Hello. Hi, Adam. Hello, I'm very well. Thank you. Can, How are you? Can I say I'm here too? Yes, sorry, sorry, Alice. <laughs> sorry, Alice is still here. Alice is pushing all of this up. Um, Adam is here too. Hello, Adam. Hello. Hello, Alice. It's all about me this episode, <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, I'm not used to it. <laughs> Adam's usually just quietly in the corner. It's, it's now, uh, it's, it's time to shine and my time to shut up for once. We may have created a monster. <laughs> oh, definitely. It's interesting seeing it from this side. Yeah. I usually see? just get the files to put together, so. <laughs> you don't normally see our glorious faces. Exactly. So how are you, Adam? Um, yes, I'm very well, thank you. Good. Very well. Good. So... Alice, do you want to explain how this episode is going to work for the people listening? Yeah, so um, so we were, um, just to give a bit of context, we were initially going to have uh, another guest on today, um, but because of their uh, poor health, they had to pull out. So we decided that we'd, we'd bully our wonderful editor, Adam, into joining us because... Um, as we've said before, you know, for Lucy and I, authentic voices and authenticity is really important. Um, and neither Lucy or I are LGBTQ+. Um, however, I'm outing Adam here to the world. Adam, <laughs> I'm sure you've done it before. So. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I nearly, very nearly did it to his mum back in like 2005. Oh, God, Alice. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Adam wasn't even to there. Be, to, be, I... to be fair, Alice, you did tell me when we first met, I can't keep a secret. So. I can't keep a secret. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, when uh, Adam's mum worked as a, a student support worker in the college that I went to where I met Adam and I was sitting in the student support like office bit with my support worker <laughs> and was chatting to this random lady. I didn't know who she was. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and she was I was telling her what my classes were and she said, oh, my son's in that one. And I went, oh, yeah, what's your son's name? She said, Adam, he's 
got long. I think your hair was like blue black at the time. Blue oh, black. Yeah. I... Oh, what a choice. Early two thousands. I was very emo. <laughs> um, was very emo. Please, yeah. Adam, you're still <laughs> still yeah. at heart. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just very nearly went. Oh, I know who, who you mean. Is he gay? <gasps> um, well, welcome Karen. to saying, is he gay? Not, yeah, he's gay, isn't he? I didn't say it at all. I just sort of went, oh, okay. <laughs> just <laughs> for once thought before I spoke. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So now that Adam has come out to his friends and family, we are allowed to, <laughs> to talk about it. That was many years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we thought we could have a bit of a chat about um, what Lucy and I learned from a sort of straight perspective, and Adam could talk about it from a non-disabled but gay perspective. So here we go. Um, <laughs> and begin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a therapy session, isn't it? Um, well, no, I think... Before we hit record on this episode, we Alice went through the list of things, people we've talked to and uh, people we've talked about, because obviously we always start the month off with like a history lesson episode, because we believe it's important to reflect back on the people that um, have sort of led the way for the disability community. So we covered Audrey Lord in the first episode, who basically we want to be a dream dinner party yeah mascot dream dinner party guest whatever you want to quote we are going to be putting her quotes all over our merchandise um, <laughs> at, at some point when we get the I, I i don't think that's allowed so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just have a word with her estate see what we can do um so learning about her story i think there was a bit of me personally that when the, the quote that we posted on our social media that that you know if they she didn't define herself then she was going to be crushed into other people's expectations of her that really sort of resonated with me and I was thinking of it about it for weeks afterwards usually when I record a podcast I say things forget I've said it and then they're like um did you mean to say this no take it out immediately um but yeah it's it stuck with me for days and it, it kind of made me realize right from the get-go in the first instance that there is a lot of similarities between the gay pride movement and the disability pride movement you know and the and the intersectionality there um which was something i'd i like I, of course i'd considered before but i never really sat and thought about it until sort of daisy was sort of telling me about the hardships and things that gay people went through I, in the i think it, she also experienced it because she was a black woman yeah, exactly you know? so she had a, a a lot of she was in the the firing line for a lot of ignorance mm -hmm. and prejudice and and i think you know she probably spent a lot of her time particularly because i mean maybe not particularly because of when she was alive you know perhaps i, I imagine people still experience a lot of this but you know that she was she taught at universities didn't she and she was mm. you know publishing really you know her her poetry was was well known by the time she she passed away i think mm. and i i suspect that there was a lot of just people would just take one look at her and assume she couldn't produce anything she wouldn't yeah. you know she she wouldn't achieve anything 
which is something that you know that if, if we bring it back to the disability community that we get a lot of i know i get a lot of it they look at me and they think oh she's she's a bit she's a bit useless i mean i am often saying to alice i'm not worth paying <laughs> but um yeah there, there is this level of oh well she's you know she's not really good enough for anything and that i think that having that sort of story of audrey be told to me it was like oh yeah i can i can kind of see that so that started us off i think in good stead for the the pride season really yeah i think so and i think that um one of the things that it really got me thinking about was um allyship yeah um i've been using that word a lot my husband pointed out it's not it's not a word um but i think i figure if i say it enough it becomes one. exactly yeah manifest it manifest it <laughs> um uh i wish our transcriptionist good luck with spelling that one but yeah um it is is thinking about because that was something audrey talked a lot about was embracing our differences across different minorities and within the same minority group and what that means how that makes us that empowers us mm. and while i was thinking about this episode that was one of the things that i thought is kind of awesome about the fact that um we've managed to drag adam into this <laughs> because it, it is a kind of it's it is exactly that allyship yeah. of us um, you know, Adam is, we could not make this podcast without Adam. No. Um, and so by, you know, sheer existence and, you know, by simply doing, doing the editing for us, Adam is, you know, actively really being an ally for the disabled community um, because, you know, we're here providing a, a space for pe disabled people to have their voices heard. Yeah, definitely. I've always felt a strong connection to the disabled community anyway. I mean, I grew up, my auntie has Down syndrome, so I've mm. always grew up around that. So yeah. I've always been in my life. I've always been, you know, really close to my auntie, still am. Yeah, so. Terry's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, it, I, and, I, and I guess it's, it's, it's that, it's that kind of, it is that closeness and that, that connection, I think, that, that I think was one of the things that Audrey was talking about was mm. it's, it's it's not just going oh well we're all all kind of weirdos no. together and, and i think i've said i think i said in that episode i think it was that episode about audrey the fact that you know because because you know because i find myself in a minority group of people i try not to be well you think you've got it odd because you're gay try being disabled there isn't this like it's not top trumps of minority it's not minority top trumps is it you i always try and have this and i always have even before i started the podcast this this kind of thing of well we we all have our struggles and even though your struggle may be different to mine in the same way we're still facing adversity and hardship so let's try and sort of be kind and be nice to one another and support each other rather than ripping us ripping you each other to shreds that's so important to you know to me as a exactly and everyone goes through different things and that it's not the same for everyone in no. in all the communities i mean even just when i came out as gay absolutely fine my parents were like yeah 
and that was it. <laughs> yeah. kind of and then you obviously hear all these horror stories of, I mean, you especially hear about it in America where parents just kick their kids out and then never speak to them again. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, it's such a scale of what people go through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess... Go on, Alice. No, go on. I can't. I can't remember what I was going to say. Go on. You go. I was. I was going to sort of start. So, I guess that um, you know that 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 acceptance is something that kind of is is another bit of a theme that's come up this this series. Um, Yeah. You know, thinking about um, some of the stuff that Elle Elle talked about when she was um, on with us, and also. a lot of the things that Lee talked about when he was on, you know, Elle's experience um, of medical professionals and trying to sort of get her her correct diagnosis and the right support, I think was really coloured by her intersectional identity. Mm. Um, you know, she's a asexual disabled woman. And I think that, you know, she experienced quite a lot of medical gaslighting and that also you know her her religious background i think is similar to to some of the stuff that adam was alluding to is there is that extreme sort of religious zealotry around sexuality um and you know i know that she's been she sort of said she's found it quite difficult to share what is a huge part of her identity with her parents and her family and i guess just just thinking about that acceptance it's for me and Lucy, you know, we kind of, our families have accepted our disabilities because they kind of have to. There's no avoiding it. <laughs> yeah. There's no ignoring yeah. it. It's not like we're in a party where you can go, they don't like that, take it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, you don't come out at 16 as, you know, a wheelchair user and they just kick you out of the house kind well, of thing. Well, what's this? <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I think, you know, from actually thinking about Leo's story, he did experience that a little bit of as as his um, disability kind of developed, uh, as his POTS kind of developed. But yeah, I think that that's something that is a little bit, it's not quite as common um, amongst the disabled community as it is within the, the gay community, that having to, to stick your neck out yeah to friends and family yeah as well but i think as well the thing that i learned from leo's episode was the fact that once you get acceptance you know once you or just in general really throughout the pride episodes once you get acceptance everything else starts to fall into praise because you're more comfortable in who you are and so you're not you're not hyper focused on having to hide anything so you can sort of relax into yourself a little bit and then everything else falls into place whether it be sort of um sexuality or anything like that really it's kind of like it, it, having acceptance gives you permission to relax about everything else doesn't it i suppose is what i'm trying to say did you feel adam before you like came out because you've been out amongst your friends for as long as i've known you yeah. but like before you came out to your parents did you did you feel kind of a nervousness about like trying to keep it from them? Yeah, I suppose I did. Um, I knew that they would be accepting because they've 
<laughs> my parents have always liked my friends that have been boys and not girls. So I don't think my parents like <laughs> girls anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's still, you know, butterfly moment when, I mean, when I came out, it came about because I was about to move into a one bedroom flat with my boyfriend. So yeah. You know, they were helping me move in, so there was no sort of denying it. Oh, yeah, don't worry about him. He's yeah. just sleeping in the dining room. Everyone, no matter who, will feel a sense of nervousness coming out. But yeah. luckily, it went very well, so. Yeah. And did, did you get a sense that they, like, kind of or like already knew? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To a degree. I think... You always kind of assume they know. I, I, I mean, parents know more than they let on anyway about yeah. anything you do. <laughs> yeah. And you'd been with your partner for like what? It must have been coming on for ten years when you guys moved out together. So, um, I can't remember when it was. So, uh, it was two thousand and seven. No, when did we start uni? We started two thousand and seven, didn't we? So mm-hmm. it'd have been about two thousand and eight. Yeah. So, would have been about three or two or three years, maybe. God, is that it? God, it feels like forever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you. I suppose you know you'd been bringing him around a lot already, so yeah. it wasn't like you were going to be introducing them to some stranger, being like, "Hey, this is actually you know the love of my life who you've never <laughs> met before, and I've been keeping secret from you for years." Yeah, no, exactly. So yeah, they. They had to have known, so yeah, yeah. I mean, when I when I came out, they, they I mean, my mum said, "Yeah, well, we know." And then my dad came. <laughs> then my dad came out, and then my mum, my mum was really. I think she was doing it as a joke. She was like, "Go on, Adam, tell your dad what you just told me." So I told him, and he just went and. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> then I went to work, and it was just the same ever since. So. <laughs> <laughs> you were kind of like, oh, well, you've ruined my my big announcement. Yeah. Make it more dramatised. Like, kick me out at least for half an hour. Can we make it like an episode of EastEnders, please? I want Duff Duffs. <laughs> Chuck all my clothes onto the front and tell me I'm not welcome. <laughs> oh, see, I was thinking it's got to be more like like a full-on coming-out party, rainbows and glitter oh, everywhere. If, I, like, if, that, if, that was, if I was going to come out, I would do exactly the same thing. I would want to be carried around on a sedan chair. I'd want, like... <laughs> just pull a cord and just glitter drop through the <laughs> yeah, I'd be, like, dressed as Dolly Parton. I'd be like, yeah. I think that sounds like just a regular Saturday night yeah. for you, Lucy, it's isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good party. Yeah. Yeah. I know Lee talked about in his episode um, when he came out to his parents and the sort of the different reactions that he had from from his parents and then talked about, you know, his reaction of coming out to coming out about his um, HIV diagnosis um, and how I, I, he talked about how his mum reacted and was really worried. And, um, you know, for her, it was very. Uh, she she thought about the the AIDS crisis of the eighties and stuff, yeah. um, and how her nan his nan just sort of went, oh you know medical medicine's come on a long way. I'm sure you'd be fine. It's all right, <laughs> fine. Yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting episode for me because again, like Alice, I I knew Lee as well. I mean, mm. known him for years, 
and obviously knew his diagnosis and new bits, but that was interesting hearing the full story. Again, not, not a lot of people tell their full story. No. It's one of the reasons I love this podcast, you know, people are open and talk about things that, I mean, that's not the kind of thing you just bring up at a <laughs> night out. When yeah. You're drinking. Or <laughs> really over, over what is essentially Zoom recorded, to be fair. Yeah. Like, it, 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 I am always, I am always so, um, in awe of people who can sit down with us who are basically complete strangers not in lee's case but um well i am a complete stranger to lee um but a lot of majority of the time a lot of people come here and they sit down with us and we ask them tell us a bit about yourselves and within 20 minutes we are like deep deep <laughs> into like psychological trauma sometimes and they are just quite open to go blah, 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 and tell us everything and you think that 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 I don't know what has happened in your brain, but <laughs> that is extremely brave. And I always, I am so thankful for the, these people going, yeah, yeah I'll come on. Because we can't, well, I think, you know. I think it. you're right what you were saying earlier. I know you kind of said it's a joke, but it is, it is kind of like therapy. It's, yeah. Sometimes you do start talking about it and then you just can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I think um, as much as me and Lucy do talk a lot, I think we are reasonably good at listening i think we are getting better at it as well there is a, there is a knack isn't there there you know there is a knack to doing it because i think for the early days when we started we were like oh yeah that's how experience too let me tell you about my what i feel and but as we've sort of settled down into it we do kind of go all right sure let this person listen let this person speak i don't think i'll ever stop oversharing though you you we will have to just just keep sending me notes like shut up just stop it <laughs> i am um, i think the episode that and i can remember you talking about it at the time adam when you were editing it the episode that sort of really made me go oh no there like now is the time to shut up <laughs> is uh when roland chesters came on at christmas and yeah. shared his story of being diagnosed <laughs> with aids um yeah. And, we, uh, I don't think we, me and you were, were expecting it either, were we? No. We went in, Alice had got a jingly jangly Christmas earrings on <laughs> and was eating panettone, like, <laughs> <That's laughs> <hilarious. laughs> and I'm like, all right. Then he started talking and it was like, no, okay, I've got to be a serious podcast now. <laughs> Concentrate for the next 50 minutes. Uh, because, like, he it was the way he told that story. The Amazing. Gaps between you know this happened and then this happened and then this happened and yeah. now we're here and you're like okay and I was like listening to it thinking he's got to get a, he's got a like he's, what he's got to stop sometime what <laughs> <laughs> no yeah his voice was so commanding as well he's Definitely. such a good storyteller such a good yeah. story. you can tell that he's he's obviously used to sort of telling bits of that story. Yeah, I want to get as good at telling my story as he is at telling his. Um, I can remember when we, when me and Adam were talking about that, and he was like, "Yeah, I looked at the like the the sort of sound waves to say who was talking." And I was like, "Why don't Alice and Lucy talk for like twenty minutes?" And then I listened to it, and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> there was a bit of me though that was like, he told his story, and I was like, "Merry Christmas." <laughs> <laughs> He wrote a really interesting um, bonus piece for our newsletter 
um all about code switching yeah which i didn't know anything about no. um until then which is the idea that um uh of, of lgbtq people uh, i guess it's it's sort of similar to autistic masking i think of of just choosing behaviors and traits that are traditionally straight or female or you know masculine whatever it is to to fit in with a more cis identity oh definitely i, I did 100 percent do that really yeah we me and my partner we won't hold hands in public you know around friends it's different obviously at home it's different but even even then like even in front of like family and stuff it's not something we would you know walk around holding hands kind of thing mm. i think i could probably count on the fingers of one hand the number of times i've seen you guys like holding hands and cuddling and it's usually when uh phil is drunk <laughs> he gets a bit handsy <laughs> um, but yeah i mean it's and it's sort of do, do, do you think that comes from the fact that you you didn't come out until you were in your 20s or um, I don't know. I suppose there wasn't a lot of gay influence on TV back when I was younger, so it's not something we really saw. You only expect, you know, you expect a man and a woman to do it. You wouldn't mm. expect two men or two women to do it kind of thing. Mm. I think it's definitely changed a lot now, um, especially TV and even in gaming as well. There's a lot of games nowadays that have trans or gay characters. They don't make a point of it. They're just there in the story. Mm. Yeah. Um, and and these are big AAA titles that a lot of people play. That's interesting to see. I think I think if I grew up in times like today, then it would probably be different because there's a lot more influence on TV. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting because I do also know like some. I'm thinking of one straight couple in particular who were also not particularly like affectionate in mm. front of. Um, crowds of people it is just how some people kind of relationship isn't mm. it but yeah but I think I think you're right I think it is that not seeing it like on tv and stuff when you grow up I think everybody particularly when we you're kind of your teenagers you get so worried that you're you being different and being sort of looking different or behaving differently is going to kind of you're gonna you're gonna get stick for it and so i guess if you're not seeing that on the on the tv then it's yeah if 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 now people are seeing it it's not different behavior so you're less likely to kind of be worried that you're gonna get it in the neck about it yeah yeah the sad thing for me about the sort of the increasing rep representation of of things like uh, you know uh being gay or being disabled is the fact that it takes a while for it to leach through into society for people mm. to go yeah, yeah okay all right they're, they're gay or okay yeah, all right they're, they're in a wheelchair or they're disabled that's that's absolutely fine it takes a long long time to get it into the psyche of society at large it's it, stop panicking about it it's fine <laughs> I also think we're over critical of it as well. I know yeah. I am. Like you'll see a film sometimes it's got a gay character in and they'll be over the top stereotype. Yeah. You're like, well, that's in for the sake of it. But then if they were subtle, you're like, well, that's not how people are. No. Uh, it's a it's a hard thing to get right. I mean, there's a few series like, I think, It's a Sin, 
was absolutely mm. incredible. They got the characters were great, story writing was amazing. But then there's some films I can't remember the name of it. It was a Christmas one, and it just—I didn't actually watch the full film, but from the trailer, it looked over the top yeah. for the sake mm-hmm. of being over the top. Yeah. And I could be wrong. Again, I didn't watch it, so I shouldn't critique it too hard. <laughs> um, but that—I mean—that's that's what um, Leo sort of talked about, wasn't it? You know, the yeah. the appearance of people in film and TV, um, and I guess I guess sometimes having having something kind of flamboyant and over the top and really really obvious is it's a it's a good way i think of uh, challenging things first time Mm. of going kind of this is a real extreme possibility an example yeah well sometimes when you watch those kind of representations you kind of feel like that's a a gay character written by a straight man Mm. yeah what they kind of yeah Yeah. tokenistic isn't it so then you look is. at like it's a sin. I mean, Russell T Davies, he's obviously gay. He's done a lot of gay TV programs, and again, he just I I just love that series. I think it was fantastic. I didn't know it was him. You say yeah. Russell T yeah. Davies for me, and I think Doctor Who. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. No, he. I'm sure he wrote it's a sin. I will he check did. that. He did. Yes, he did. <laughs> he did. He did. Um, and what I particularly liked about what Leo said was the fact that, you know, he, he went as a filmmaker, he wants to make films about, you know, like people in space who just happen yeah. to be disabled, yeah. not, yeah. not like, oh, it, it's a, it's a spaceman and he's disabled. Let's make it all about the disability, not about the fact that he's got worked really hard to get into space, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, and that, that was something that I think I always think that's when you've done it right. When the, representation isn't the main talking point yeah yeah and again like i was going back to those that game i said there was a i think there's a trans character and a a lesbian character and it was it was done in such a good way because it wasn't just like oh look i'm trans oh look i'm a lesbian no like you know it was just they were that and that's it what game is that um the last of us oh okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, I, we, I played. Me and Dave played the first one, um, mm. but we haven't got to the second one yet. So definitely should. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I can always remember watching an episode of like the Great British Bake Off, and Bryony, who had like limb difference, was on the mm. show, and I was like, oh, I, so I clocked it before. I think anybody else I was watching it with clocked it because that's my, my brain is constantly like oh look, look, look somebody slightly like me with a disability like even though i have all my limbs it's disability gaydar isn't <laughs> yeah it's like bing, <laughs> bing, 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 bing. like um and i was like oh they're gonna they're gonna say something about how inspirational she is because she can hold a bowl and stir with one arm it's this is this is gonna be horrific for the next eight weeks and nobody nobody made reference to it or anything like that and it was only after the program had finished like the final and somebody had won that bryony did an interview i can't remember who it was with but she said i purposely asked the production team not to reference it and i was like at the end of the first episode i was like that's how you do it that is how you do it you have somebody who is visibly different with a you know or even invisibly different for that matter you just put them in there and 
don't reference it unless they mention it and yeah, do it on it their a, terms rather than it was similar in the latest season of MasterChef as well they had a deaf contestant in right she was really good she um they mentioned she was deaf in the introduction to her yeah um but then they never mentioned it again they never showed the Interpreter. Sign language per- interpreter, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Sign language person is not the word. <laughs> <laughs> the interpreter, like they never showed the interpreter on screen. No. But they didn't like go, oh, look what we're doing. We're, you know. Yeah. They just, they mentioned it once and then then on, they never said it again. No. And it, I think it's always good when they don't use the word. And here we have inspirational so-and-so or here we have the amazing wonderful it, yeah and you yeah. think all oh, right why are they amazing and wonderful you've barely spoken to them <laughs> like get to know them first before you start banding that about um yeah yeah and i think that was one of the things that when we talked to leo that is is interesting is like we talked a bit about um some of the particularly uh i was putting some social media stuff together for the next week uh yesterday and we had a lot of chat about marvel uh like characters yeah and um we talked about some non-disabled actors playing disabled characters and i think you know there are things that there is an element to um particularly for kind of long form series like we talked about um we talked about daredevil and we talked about echo who's a um character a deaf character from um the she was in the hawkeye yeah um series before christmas she's getting her own series as well okay um and um there is the good thing about some of those um sort of those those kinds of shows is that they give people time to kind of you know you might in those like in places have that oh my god look at how inspirational they are doing really normal things like putting their shoes on but (laughs) then also coffee without spilling it everywhere (laughs) I, I mean, I, I can't do that. I can't so. do that either, Alice. <laughs> My balance is shot. <laughs> oh, I just I just don't use the, like, aids and lights and stuff that people have provided for me. I'm like, I have not got time to turn all of these lights on. Here you, Alice, use it. No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alice, let's try and make your life easier. No! no. <laughs> shot! Um, yeah, but those shows do allow kind of the audience a bit of time to also just see people being disabled and just doing stuff like yeah. you know that is one the one of the really cool things about um daredevil and i can remember the um one one of the episodes in particular where it's like a flashback to him and uh foggy at college and Col- and foggy's really really drunk and daredevil's like oh great now i'm basically gonna have to like help you like weaving drunkenly home and you're supposed to be guiding me and it's like 100 percent been in that situation <laughs> probably with me <laughs> i'm pretty sure i had flashbacks at the time i i tripped over while we were linked and they brought you down with me oh, no. <laughs> oh, like a wobbly conga line <laughs> And there was the time that we walked into the Red Lion and you were so busy slightly looking over your shoulder to tell me to be careful of the step that you fell down the step. Oh, yep. Adam. <laughs> Watch out for this as I oh. fall down. <laughs> Don't do what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just showing you an example of what not to do. <laughs> Don't do this. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, the, the, that... 
that's really cool that, yeah. that people that when shows do stuff like that. But well, it kind, then... it's kind of like it's kind of a bit like when you you probably I don't know whether you'll know uh, or experience this, Alice. But when you turn a light on when it's really dark and you turn the light, and then you're like, I can't sit, I can't, I can't open my eyes properly. And then after a while, your eyes sort of settle and everything's all right. It's a bit like settling I, that, yourself. That is that is my experience. Of every time Everything. I turn a light on, there this. you go. So... <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to go. I didn't yeah. want to go through the whole of that and then go. No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, it takes me longer to adjust to changing light levels yes. than other people. So when it if it gets dark suddenly, I yeah. can't see anything right. for a while. Yeah. And then if it gets light suddenly, I can't see anything yeah. for a while. So, but it's like yeah. it's like kind of your eyes sort of settle, and then it's like okay, well, we we can do this now. That's what a bit like having a prolonged like prolonged period of representation on the television is like. Yeah. Like, okay, let's all calm down and not not panic. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I'm quite used it's, to this now. It's and it. I just think it's very interesting that, like, you know, we've got we've got Daredevil in the Marvel Universe and um, we talked quite a lot about Kaz Brecker in um, uh, Shadow, and Shadow and Bone. Bone. Yes. So I was trying, I, there's like a series of books and I keep wanting to call the show by the name of one of the books. But yeah, <laughs> um, the, the um, you know, the, the choice to cast non-disabled people in those disabled roles it's it's really hard for me because i i and and i i know i should be as angry as uh leo was about the choice to cast non-disabled actors um but for me i feel a, a little bit like there is an getting the the showing showing the people being disabled on tv and and these characters are cool and like interesting and a bit dark and they're not you know it's not your traditional inspiration porn kind of you know um stuff it's seeing that for me especially when it when it is the the personality the uh, of the character is is played well uh, i think particularly of of kaz brecker in this i i can remember specifically saying um you know to other people but also in the episode how there i had some casting issues with that show but i thought the guy they play he looked right he sounded right he felt right yeah but then fine <sighs> you sort of think i'm i'm sure had they taken the time to look they'd have been able to find someone who did look and feel right who also had a walking impairment yeah it's a hard one because i, I can't you see both sides because at the end of the day you want those stories to be told yeah I mean, ideally you want them to be told with the right actors with the right disabilities for that role but on the other side of it you know there are some good actors there you know it, it's almost like as you want them to be an ally you want them as long as they understand what they're doing yes you know consulting they talk to people that's what you'd hope would happen and of but, course there is a sad there is a sad thing of it you know appealing to studios who will give the production company money to make mm. the thing in the first place if well, it's yeah. not got big if it's not got big stars within it you know specifically movies um, oh yeah, you, you know you can pitch an idea for a film, 
be like, oh, that sounds shit. And then you'd be like, okay, but it's got Johnny Depp in it. Oh, yeah, no, fine, go ahead, make it. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Depp is really popular. <laughs> when can we start? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, so that, that again, in, in itself is kind of disheartening that yeah. people with disabilities are not being given the opportunity to become as big a stars as Johnny Depp may be, you know. Yeah. If they if those actors and actresses with disabilities were allowed, you know, had a level playing field and were allowed to to access films and build up a career and a portfolio that then would lead on to bigger movies and, you know, becoming a a bona fide success. Yeah. That would then open so many other doors for other people. And I guess that's where why it is important to be cast in disabled people yeah. in like small I mean you know getting a a role in in a on a Netflix show is a pretty big deal but mm. like it's you know why it's important I guess why they should have cast a walking impaired person in the um in the Kaz Brecker role but then having said that they did. The Disney Corporation chose to cast um, Echo, the person who plays her, Alequa Cox. She's deaf. She's uh, Indigenous American. She's a woman. You know, the her her character's been around in comics for a long time. Yeah. Um, but the fact they they actually they put the work in to be able to cast her authentically and appropriately. Mm. You know, she she is what her character is and you sort of think like similarly to audrey lord she like ticks a lot of um intersectional boxes yeah yeah they could they could really easily have gone oh well we'll just you know we'll 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 cast a deaf person but we'll cast a white deaf person yeah stick a wig on her (laughs) or you know we'll cast an indigenous person but we'll get her to pretend she knows sign language you know and i guess and and she's now i mean she's in like a marvel tv spin-off like that's a pretty big deal mm-hmm. um and she'll she's getting her own show so you know hopefully that will be a platform for her to get up into kind of the upper echelons of hollywood no definitely you see it a lot in gay characters in films as well i mean there was that massive backlash over was it james corden playing a gay character in it was it a Netflix film? I can't remember. Was it called like Prom or something? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And that got a major backlash because there's no. Well, I, I mean, there's no funny gay men out there, Adam. <laughs> so they had to exactly. cast James Corden. That that was just a product <laughs> of who is who is arguably not a funny funny man. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He was just big in America at the time, so yeah. he popped on the back of that because of his yeah. show, but. Yeah, it's just, you know, there's plenty of gay actors out there. There's plenty yeah. of disabled actors out there. Why, mm-hmm. you know, let's cast them. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And there's, you know, there's, there's, it's the, it, it's the kind of, if, if you, if you're looking to get a kind of ride on the coattails of somebody's like fame for, for something, then you'll absolutely do that. But did that character like was, was sexuality, if sexuality is such an important part of that character that you need, you know, that, but also it's so important that you make use of James Corden. Like, was there not a straight male character that James Corden could have played? Yeah. Probably. And like, like you say, like, 
then if you are going to cast a straight man in a gay role or a dis- non-disabled person in a disabled role you, you at least want them to get it right mm. yeah exactly like, put the work in and learn it you're an actor you know they should be able to do it easily because if you've got one job yeah. <laughs> it's pretend to be somebody you're not play pretend yeah yeah, yeah. play pretend then go back to your mansion rinse yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's um i think it's 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 really interesting and i think it's um i think it is a debate that will run and run and run it's the one popular yeah. thing in our facebook community that yeah. when we talk about it we get loads of comments and it's like yeah. that you're like hang on we're gonna have to watch this because one more three might break out in a minute but yeah. um it is it is something that is is and the people that that believe that disabled people should be casting roles or they are completely 100 percent passionate about passionate about it i know i am um but and then but on the other side of the coin you get people who are 100 percent passionate of you don't know what you're talking about you don't know what it's like to work in hollywood you know it's not as accessible as it as it should be so therefore that's what you know they will come up with these reasons why and that can sometimes grind your gears a little bit so and and i definitely like it's it's kind of something i need to work on challenging myself about because 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 i just i love like film and tv and books and stuff so for me i get so swept up in when something is well done and i'm enjoying it that it's a kind of an active piece of work that I have to do as a disabled person to be an ally amongst my own community to be like, <laughs> like no, I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but and it's it's I suppose it's it's separating that experience of the joy of watching something that you are enjoying mm. and recognizing when it's problematic. Yeah, it's like a Shivano yeah. de Bergerac. They redid that, didn't they, with uh, Peter Dinklage? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, right, okay. Uh, like, I didn't, I, I stupidly did not realise that that it has been made before and it before the story before. Steve Martin is. Yeah, it? there's been yeah, like loads no. and loads of like different versions, and mm-hmm. I did not realise that this was a thing. And I was like, so I saw the, the the Peter Dinklage version. I was like, hang on a minute, wait, whoa, whoa, you can't do that. And you know, Mum was like. No, it's it's the story that he yeah. that he is an ugly man, but he falls in love with this woman, and he gets the the good looking fella to write these letters to the woman on his behalf because he's good with words, but he's just not yeah. a looker. I was like, well, yeah, that's, that's fair enough, that's fine. Why have they cast a a little person? My my challenge to the casting of Peter Dinklage is. I'm like not so much in Game of Thrones, but otherwise, I'm sorry, but Peter Dinklage is hot. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. But, well, that yeah, there like, is what that. you do, what you're doing, like just because, just because he's not average height, like that man's that man is an attractive man. And you just think to yourself, just get an ugly man, just get an ugly man, and do <laughs> the story again, like modernize it, something like that. But there was no need to put somebody who is disabled in that role and go, oh, the reason why that woman wouldn't want to be with the with the man is because he's I disabled it, i i it is it victor hugo i'm not sure who wrote the original but i think he is supposed to be um have like sort of physical difference i don't he's not a, a person of small stature but he's yeah is, is he ugly in the original 
Oh, yeah, yeah. The whole point is that he's... He's, like, grotesque, basically. Yeah, yeah, in a very, like, 18th century kind of way. Yeah. (laughs) 18th... Like, the kind of thing where, if it was a Fable episode, we'd be burning him with fire to get the the bad out. Yeah, yeah. Think (laughs) think, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, that kind of thing. See, I just don't... I just don't... I didn't understand it. It kind of, like... And it wasn't even, like... It wasn't even me starring in the film. I was quite upset about it. I was like, why though? He's really, that makes why? it sound like you're upset that it wasn't you starring in the film. You're like, I mean, why am I not a famous Hollywood actor? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's still a big question in my life, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I just feel like that, that, that's not on, really. That's not on. I'm sorry. Just make think, him dead ugly or smelly breath they... or something. I don't know. Would that really Halit- translate? Halitosis, right? <laughs> yeah, we haven't got smell of vision just yet. <laughs> no. Um, I think, but then, you know, they had, um, going back to Peter Dinklage, they had him in one of the X-Men movies, didn't they? Yeah. And he was just, he he was just a person yeah. and happened to be played by a small person. A small person. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm weaving all over the place with my use of uh, descriptive words. I think it's little person. Little person. Little person. Okay. Which always feels wrong to say it. And you're like, is that not a person? As, as, yeah, as a, as a per, an average height person, um, little person does feel offensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't, it feels like if it's perhaps been a word that's been reclaimed and we're using it, it's not appropriate. No. If you are a, a, person who is not of average height please tell us what language we should be using um i'm also going to go away and have a look on disability twitter and google it because they'll tell me and um, i can apologize quite loudly (laughs) yes yes i guess that's an interesting kind of time to come on to talk a bit about language because um at the very beginning of the series um i actually wrote a piece for our newsletter about um, about the LGBTQIA plus acronym and the language that we use around um, around people who are LGBTQIA plus. And I particularly, whilst whilst doing the research for that, was really blown away by the plus element of um, the the acronym and about how it's. Um, you know that that is in there to kind of encompass people who perhaps don't quite fit within the lesbian gay bisexual trans queer intersex asexual uh which is what lgbtqia stands for um yeah it kind of it leaves it open it's yeah you know there's always new phrases and terms coming out people finding new identities so that's just saying just because you're not part the you know the initial letters doesn't mean you're still not part of the community yeah exactly like exactly. It, and i thought that more, was really cool it's more of a feeling rather than a this is what i am if you feel like you are you know different in some way then this you know it could be the place for you have a have a little sort of research and explore maybe well yeah. and it really resonated with me because i was like you know, I've talked on the show before about how it's taken me a long time to to kind of embrace being using the word blind. Um, and even my mum the other day uh, was 
talking about something she was saying she had to have a conversation with someone um about me and them sending me some documents and she was like oh my daughter is severely visually sight impaired and i was like but that's a lot of random words you throw together there was the bush beat it (laughs) (laughs) and um and it's i think that was quite um i think for me you know i've said before that like i wasn't necessarily like hey i'm disabled hey i'm blind but then you know yesterday when i was in the pharmacy and the woman handed me my prescription went can you just check everything on the label is correct i was like no i cannot (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah i think it's that that's one of the things that's quite cool about that that acronym is that it's really inclusive is it saying that just because we've got all like and there are people out there on the internet who will bitch and whine about how it's lgbtqia like how many more letters are we gonna get and uh daisy was daisy made me laugh like a drain when she was telling me that um some people uh like to uh, refer to themselves as the alphabet mafia yeah i've heard that one <laughs> i like that um but yeah it's it's really really inclusive and i think that that is one of the things that um you talked a little bit about lucy with certainly for those i think outside of the disabled community looking in mm-hmm. is um that going you've got to you've got to meet a certain you you know tick tick Tick. certain things off a list to be disabled yeah um my thought is like if you feel like something is a struggle and you need like equipment or assistance or outside assistance to help you perform daily tasks then just for the love of god do it (laughs) do you know what i mean just 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 take that burden off yourself and go yeah, all right, I need a chair, you know, or I need a relator or I need a support worker to do my maths because I'm terrible at maths. Can you tell that's personal experience? Mm-hmm. Like, um, there is no shame in, it, there's no shame in me having a support worker at work that helps me go to the toilet. There is no shame in that whatsoever. And I think when I tell people that I've got a support worker to help me go, you know, with personal care at work, they say oh isn't that weird though like you don't know the person i was like well in the first first day it is quite bizarre you know that 10 minutes ago you were shaking hands and saying welcome to the team and now you're like can you can you help me can you help me get on the loo please uh but you you soon get over it because otherwise if i if you weren't there i would wet myself and that is far more embarrassing than having somebody take me to the toilet do you know what i mean and there is that level of I think it, once you can accept that I need that help, that extra support in your life, whether it be a person or an object or a aid or whatever, there is that level of, it, it's quite freeing and accepting. I think I said that in the episode, didn't I, that it's freeing and accepting to go, okay, I need this. No, it's fine. You look at the Queen who missed half of her Jubilee celebrations because she didn't want to use a wheelchair. And you think, you're 96, it's fine. Nobody's going to go, all the queens in a wheelchair. No, no. No, I think you're wrong there. I think that there would be loads of people who would be like, isn't it sad to see the queen in the wheelchair? Look at at the way people treated um, when Liza Minnelli was in. Was it the Oscars? Oscars. Yeah. 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 Um, Big up Lady Gaga for going, all right, I've got you. 
Yeah, for just being friends with a disabled person. Yeah. <laughs> um, so brave. I know. <laughs> but I think it's um I think it's I think it's it's finding that place in the community and finding the label yeah. that fits onto you mm. like is a big part of that acceptance. Mm. And I think I think with with you know finding community comes pride. I think because you can hear other people's stories, you can go actually yeah that is something that I I have I have to live with, and hearing other people's stories can make you feel very confident and comfortable in your own skin, and then that leads on to being proud of being disabled. Uh, I wouldn't say that I am always proud to be disabled. Some days. I just want to shout a lot of things all of the time. See, no, you see, Luce, I think there's a difference. I think, I think I am proud to be disabled. It's not always fun. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. But yeah. I, I got very cross <laughs> yesterday because everything I picked up, I dropped at least twice to which I was like, just, just I've had enough today. Can you please? I was not proud to be disabled because I was like, this is taking me far longer than it needed to be. It's not always fun. That's the thing. It's not always, it's not a barrel of laughs. It's not always free parking spaces and free stuff in your mouth. Is it? It's the, there is that thing of, I ate this bit. I ate this bit. It's not. It's a disability admin. Yeah. So that was our Pride series, everybody. Um, I think, you know, me and Lucy have said we're we're proud to be disabled, but it's not always fun. I think that most people within the LGBTQ plus community would say that they're proud to be in that community. Um, but then also it's not always fun. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly because... Oh, look, people who are different are also the same. Yeah. But also, you know, I think that um, one thing society is really good at is excluding people um and you know how dare you be how dare you be different we must if you're not allowed in here go over there um <laughs> sit in the corner and think about what you've done yeah oh definitely especially when you hear all the people saying about you know what about street pride and all that it's so fr just frustrating I, I always remember there's a quote that's always stuck in my head i i can't remember where it's from where i saw it, it was probably some facebook or instagram post but it was along the lines of what was it was it don't be jealous of gay pride instead of wondering where straight pride is just be grateful you don't need one or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely exactly. it's, absolutely. It, it, it's it's enjoy being part of a group who gets to yeah. 365 days a year 12 months of the year just go about your life and not be like judged and harassed and abused yeah. mm -hmm. because of because of who you are there's been a i've seen a a couple of people i've heard a couple of things like while people have been talking about pride over um the last month where people have talked about life choices and yeah. it's in the same way that like being blind is not a life choice for me no, like yeah. being gay is not a fucking life choice it's not a lifestyle like a lifestyle is choosing to have 11 cats <laughs> like this is it's not it's not it's, it's not, not like it's not like adam's got a sparkly rainbow jacket that he likes to put on and off every now it's and again not, it's not... <laughs> <laughs> maybe he has it's not being a vegan it's not it's this is who people are and i think that's why pride is really important because for so long 
LGBT plus people were told it's not okay to be who you are? Well, that's the thing. People up in the realize, you know, Pride never started as a way to celebrate being gay. It was to, you know, protest mm. not being criminalized or, yeah. you know, persecuted for who you are. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it was never, I mean, it's, I think it's probably because of how culture changed, but it's definitely more of a celebration nowadays. I wouldn't even call it a protest in most, I suppose in a way. It's, it's a, a party, isn't it, really? I suppose. Yeah, but that's but what I it's think... turned into now that, you know, it is becoming more and more accepted. It's still not there, but no. it's definitely getting better and better. And you go to Pride, you see people bring their kids and it is a good day. Everyone's just yeah. happy and having fun. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really cool that... Um, starting tomorrow as this episode airs is disability pride Woo! So i like that we we go one after another can we, we are. i think we should just like, have a part should we have a like party yeah should we, should we arrange that like down some pub somewhere yes definitely <laughs> that definitely sounds like a plan we'll do that <laughs> So, gang, this has been the end of our Pride series. Thank you so much, everybody who has listened. Thank you for people who have commented. A big thank you to everybody who's yeah. been a guest, who's Absolutely. contributed um, to the, the newsletter. We've had some amazing newsletter content this last month. Um, and Lucy and I have a, a long-term plan to make that all of that available to people on our website um at the moment if you want to read our newsletter content you literally you get it when it comes in your inbox and, and then that's it so it's it's could think of it this way it's even more exclusive because yeah. it's time limited yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but we will hopefully be setting up a back catalog on our website at some point um that's so right. yeah if you lot have enjoyed this episode please uh, tell your friends, uh, share us around on the internet. Um, leaving a review on Apple and Spotify is a really great way to help our audience grow because uh, those ratings and reviews boost us up the iTunes charts. It gets us recommended to other people. So if you guys can take just a couple of minutes of your time, we've put so much work into this series. Adam's put so much work into this series. Um, our transcriptionist, God bless her heart. <laughs> I mean, she is a trooper. Yeah. She is a definite, if you look trooper in the dictionary, you'll find a picture of Carly going, yeah. uh, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's... We are, we are permanently exhausted pigeons, is what I like to refer to ourselves, ourselves as, as a, as a collective, not just me and Alice, as a collective. We're like, <laughs> okay, and again. And again, yeah. but we, uh, we absolutely love doing it, um, and it's yes. something that has brought us so much joy. So, thank you so much. I think, I think we are all looking forward to going back to every other week. Now, yes, though. we are. <laughs> when Alice said, We'll do another month, I was like, Oh no, it nearly killed us last time. Don't make me it do was it a again. week last time. Oh, it was, yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I think that's it. Yes, cool. I better crack on editing it so Alice doesn't hit me. <laughs> yes, I, I stand in the corner with a stick. Poking him every other day. You did it yet. You did it yet. You did it yet. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Adam, for coming on. I know that no uh, being in front of a microphone is not really your thing, but well, we nice love any... having you. 
I enjoyed go. it more than I thought I would. So. Oh, yay! Yay! It's coming oh, back next that's... week. <laughs> yeah, kind of turned him into the, onto the dark side now. Yeah, yeah. it will work <laughs> to get rid of him now. <laughs> we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Label Podcast. If you like the show, you can rate, review and subscribe and you can follow us on social media at Labelled Pod. This episode was edited by Adam Hall. Our music was by Maisie Crunden and we'd like to thank the rest of the team involved.